0: Hi everyone, welcome to Parsha's by the Jewish people are finally going free. Over the last three weeks, the last three Parsha, we've been reading about the 10 terrible plagues that completely destroyed the spirits of the Egyptians. And in this week's Parsha, as the song goes, pa in Pajamas in the middle of the night comes running to Masha Rabbeinu and says, please let your people go free for his fear of his own life. However, the events preceding this event bring up a lot of questions. We know that the Jewish people leaving Egypt is no small feat. Essentially, it's the reason we are here today. It's how we got here. It's really the birth of our people. The Jewish people leaving Egypt is the reason why they got the Torah and how they got eventually to the lands of Israel. And truth be told, as Jewish people, the number one holiday that we sit around with our family, we commemorate year after year, generation after generation, is Pesach. And that happens in this week's parsha. But just before the Jewish people leave Egypt, Hashem commands Moshe and gives him the itinerary of what's going to be going on the few days before Par comes frantically running to Moshe Rabbeinu. And he, he tells Moshe that you are going to be leaving in a few days' time You have to prepare the people. They have to take a lamb. They have to tie it to their bedpost for three days. Then they have to create a barbecue on Slee H. They have to roast the lamb. They have to get their family all around and eat it with matzah and mara together. They have to paint their doorposts with hyssop leaves in the blood. And through that, I will pass over. And after that, that night, power will come running up to you and you will be going the next day. But there's something really strange that happens before all the events relating to the Pesach story occur. And that really strange event actually begins right in the beginning, in Sefer Boratius. In the first Rashi of Sefer Boratius, Rashi says something interesting. He says, The Torah should be really beginning with this week's parasha, the mitzvah of the new moon, ha-chaidesh hazeh ye'lachem. The only reason we're starting with safer Barathees, because even though Rashi is living in Trois, France, in the 1100s, there will be people that will say that you are colonizers. There will be people that will say you are listed, that you are stealing the lands of Israel. And in order to precursor and to really stand as defendant against these people, I am going to explain to you, Hashem says, that this is my land. I created it. I give the land to whoever is I choose to give the land. And that is why we start from Sefer Barishas. But if the Torah really should have started from this week's pasha, ha-chodesh and the only reason why we even start from Sefer Barishas is because we need to defend people in 2023 that don't think Israel belongs to us, then what is so significant about this event, ha-chodesh the first mitzvah of commanding the new moon? This comes just before... Hashem tells Moshe, take the lamb, tie it by a doorpost, make a, make a barbecue. If anything, this is rather insensitive of Hashem. Like, we're leaving Egypt, we're going through all these difficult things. Oh, by the way, I should tell you, you're going to have this mitzvah that essentially you're going to have to acknowledge the new moon and you're going to have a calendar, a Jewish calendar of years that essentially have all these months and all these mathematic equations and it's going to be a little bit confusing. What's so powerful about this mitzvah? Why should the Torah start with this mitzvah? And why is it the Jewish people are about to leave Mitzrayim? We are going to start with the mitzvah of the moon. Now, I don't know if everyone knows this, but the mitzvah of the moon is probably the most fascinating, interesting mitzvah for those who love mathematics. I don't personally love mathematics. However, when it comes to wrapping my head around and understanding the depth of Judaism, I'm like, wow, this mitzvah really puts Judaism on a very high intellectual playing field. Up until the year 359 CE, the Jewish people had a custom that every single month, there were two witnesses that said, I saw a new moon, and they would go to the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin would basically ensure that these witnesses were real, and then they would start lighting fires on hills, basically telling all the people it's a new month, so let's say Pesach was coming in fifteen days. So they had to basically inform everyone that the new month Rosh Chodesh has be- had begun, and this process continued according to the Rambam till one of the um, one of the and one of the leaders Hillel, in the year three hundred fifty nine, essentially established a calendar. Gain has a different interpretation that they had calendars way before, um, but essentially. In the times of David, because Yana San says tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh, so how else would he know? But that's just a side point. Essentially, this mitzvah of the new moon, the, ca- the Jewish calendar that we have is fascinating. As the Ibn Ezra says, the sun has no months and the moon has no years. The Jewish calendar is different from the Christian calendar and the Muslim calendar because the Jewish people are commanded to be going to actually have seasons, and the seasons go according to the sun, as well as going according to the moon and the mitzvah of the of the moon, Kirosh Lavana. It's very interesting because uh, the 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 lunar calendar. Really, only, is really, tw- the, the moon goes around the earth in 29 and a half days. So essentially a lunar year and a quarter. The lunar year is approximately 354 days long. And the solar year is approximately 365 days long. Now the Gregorian calendar, the The regular January, February, March calendar doesn't really take into account the the moon at all. So on the 15th day of the month, 15th of January, the moon could be skinny, large. It doesn't really matter how big or small the moon is. But according to the Jewish calendar, the 15th day of every single month the moon will be at the largest because the Jewish people go according to the waxing and the waning of the moon. Rosh Chodesh, the moon is usually completely gone and as the month progresses till we get to the 15th, the moon grows and as as the month culminates, the moon becomes smaller. So the question that is asked is, what is our obsession with the sun and the moon? And it's crazy if you think about it because let's say, the, is the Muslim calendar, they don't take account the moon, they don't take account the sun, they don't take account the seasons. So 29 and a half days times 12 is 354, which means every single year, the solar year is a little bit shorter than, the lunar year is shorter than the solar year, which basically means that Ramadan can sometimes be in the summer and sometimes can be in the winter, It doesn't really matter. But because it's really, really important that Pesach is in the Aviv, is in the spring, and we know the sun is the one that dictates the seasons in the year. Therefore, because we will essentially be 365 minus 354, we're going to be 12 days off every single year, every three years we sort of have a leap year, an extra Adar, in order that we catch up to the solar year, in order for the lunar year and the solar year, for our seasons and our months to sort of correlate. The Jewish calendar is the most fascinating calendar. I don't know if anyone tuned out over that past couple minutes, but essentially the way in which the calendar essentially runs really pinpoints the brilliance, the mathematical and genius of the Jewish people. So what does it have to do with us? What is this? Why is this the first mitzvah? Why does it come before the Jewish people leave Egypt? What is so powerful about the moon? Women are often compared to the moon. The Jewish people are often compared to the moon. Why does everyone love the moon? It's really powerful if you think about Jewish history I teach Jewish history and I love Jewish history, but the Jews never had it easy. The Jews have always had it hard. It's not, it's like the more I teach Jewish history, my students are like, Ms. Herschwitz, when is it going to get happy? And I'm like, well, it gets happy and then it gets really sad and then it gets happy and then it gets really, really sad. And the Jewish people are about to become a people. They're about to become a nation and they've just experienced horrible genocide They've experienced terrible things for the past 210 years. Hashem tells Moshe, I think these people need a boost. The Jewish people need to remember that I'm taking them out of Egypt now and I'm returning them into a great nation. But life's going to be really hard and terrible things are going to happen. But there's something about the moon. The moon always renews itself. Life is hard, bad things happen, things are tough. But just like the moon, Hashem tells the Jewish people, you will go through hard times. And the Jewish people have gone through hard times, terrible times, crusades, inquisitions, expulsions, ghettos, holocausts, genocides, discrimination, Anti-Semitism. But I promise you, there will always be a rebirth. There will always be positivity coming out of this terrible, horrible darkness. And Hashem says, It says, we need a point to that moon, that physical moon. The Gemara explains there are three things that Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't wrap his head around.